a movie review from a guy who hasn't seen the movie, who's not gay, talking about gay stuff, plus some evolution about the differences between men and women with no backup knowledge, and finally, talking about stuff that kids shouldn't be exposed to, and then saying a bunch of stuff that kids shouldn't be exposed to. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. I'm watching a YouTube video where Chrissy Mayer reviews the new movie Bros. Like, you know, Brothers, Bros. And it's a gay rom-com, or at least that's what they're, you know, marketing it as. And it's part of the culture war. Um, it stars uh, Billy Eichner. You know, Billy on the Street, if you ever saw that thing. He's like a gay kind of comedian that, I mean, I saw Billy on the street more than a decade ago. He just like kind of runs up to people on the street and puts a microphone on their face and talks real fast. And I enjoyed it. It was funny. But now he's the star of a movie and, I mean, does it even matter? But Judd Apatow, who's maybe the most famous guy who makes comedies, who still makes comedies today, which is a category of movie that people don't make that much anymore, um... Whatever, Judd Apatow was involved, and I think it cost $22 million to make, and that does not include marketing. And then it brought in $5 million on the opening weekend, which is considered a huge flop. And then the star, Billy Eichner, he went on Twitter and said, anyone who doesn't see this movie is a homophobe. And so I'm watching this review by Chrissy Mayer. She's a comedian herself. She's like a kind of a MAGA comedian. I don't know. I do like her, though. I mean, she's just, she's anti-woke, plus she loves Trump. So, you know, me and her are the same, except for the part about Trump. But anyway, she like, she goes and watches the movie, you know, at some, she lives in New York, so she goes to some giant movie theater, you know, stadium seating, and to watch the movie, and I think, I guess she brought her mother-in-law, and I believe they were the only two people in the theater. And so she like, you know, she's using her cell phone in a theater, which you shouldn't do. But I guess if you're the only person in there, it's okay. And so she's like, she's panning around and she's like, every empty seat is a homo, represents a homophobe. And without seeing it, I can't tell you if it's good or not. Um, there's mixed reviews. Some people think it's funny and it's good. And then other people think it's just a giant diatribe of bigotry against straight people and I guess every actor is queer in some way they made sure to do that which I think that's not legal but they got it done I mean I guess they got that's not true it's not entirely true also they got um like Deborah Messing from the Will and Grace was that in the 90s I don't know that old tv show the first big gay tv show they got her in there and I believe she's a straight woman and I guess they got a lot of jokes about how Abraham Lincoln was gay, which I think Abraham Lincoln actually was gay, or at least if he was alive today, he'd be <laughs> he'd be gay as hell. I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I don't even know about Lincoln. I, I, apparently, back in the day, right? They didn't. You know, times were different. Times were different back in the day. And a lot of times, more than one person would sleep in a bed. They weren't as rich as we are now. You know, now, like, you have three kids, well, you need a four-bedroom house, right? You know, for the parents and then one for each kid. 
But back in the day, you have more than one people sleeping in a bed. I think beds are expensive. I don't even know what they made beds out of back then. Hay or something. And so, anyways, Lincoln was kind of famous. He had like a, I don't know, a co-worker? I don't know what he was. Anyways, Lincoln had a guy that they would travel around, and wherever they went, they would sleep in the same bed. And so I don't really know. Maybe that's just me projecting or whatever. Maybe that's modern society projecting onto Lincoln that, you know, if you sleep hundreds of times in the same bed with your best friend, um, you, maybe you're doing some fooling around. Or maybe that was just normal back then. I mean, it's never been proven. And I want to say maybe Lincoln didn't sleep in the same bed as his wife. I don't know. Don't quote me on that one. I think there was another president who never got married, and people think he was gay too, but whatever. It's never been proven that we've had a gay president. But anyways, Chrissy Mayer is saying, like, the movie is kind of like, it's trying to, you know, not only is it saying that all straight people are inherently evil from the moment they are born till the day they die, but it wants to piss them off. You know, maybe drum up some controversy or something, or just how people feel. And so the movie has some kids. I watched a couple reviews where they mentioned the kids in particular, and and you know, I guess they're like second graders. And these second graders are being taught that you know being gay is a completely I don't know what it's good. Being gay is good or. It's not bad. I don't know. They're being taught about the possibility of gayness, which is something that they're trying to do in school with kids today for reals. And then it's a comedy. Apparently they got a bottom dance. The kids do a bottom dance, which is, I don't know if you know, in gay stuff, you got tops and you got bottoms. You got, I mean, whatever. I'll tell you what, I'm going to say some stuff more gross than this. So just turn this off right now if you don't want to hear any more. But a top is the penetrator, and then the bottom is the receiver. And I can't remember the adjective, but you got like a super top and a super bottom. That's not the right one. Let me look it up. All right, there we go. Power bottom. So a power bottom is someone who is not interested in being a top. You know, like if you're gay, you can, this is gay men, you can be a top and a bottom. You can switch back and forth. Who knows? You could, anyways, you get the idea. But a power bottom is someone who's like, I really like being a power bottom. Or sorry, being the bottom. And I guess I think there's a power top also. But power bottom is just a funny phrase. So that's the that's the phrase I heard of. And so I guess the kids have been taught the bottom dance. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch the movie. But anyways, the kids and the adults, they do some sort of dance. And it's called the bottom dance. You know, which is like, it just makes you think, are they trying to piss people off? And then Chrissy Mayer, like I was saying, she's like, you know, inappropriately using her phone <laughs> watching this movie in an empty theater. But anyway, she like takes a picture of the screen occasionally and like shows those pictures on there. And there's just a whole bunch of gay sex. I guess they never show the wiener, but it's just, I mean, she just shows these pictures, orgies, you know, three, four, five men just naked and rubbing and sticking their fingers down each other's throats, I guess. If you can't show the wiener, that's what you th that's what you show instead. And so it's a romantic comedy, and I imagine at the end, you know, the man and the other man find each other or whatever, you know, live happily ever after in a 
monogamous relationship, possibly. But she was saying that Billy Eichner, the main character that he plays, uh, is super unlikable. And that's something I don't have a, a full-on theory about this yet. I'm, 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 I'm just starting a theory, but I don't know what it is. But there's something about woke movies and TV shows where, you know, like you'll have some TV show where the whole point of it, or the movie is, the whole point of it is that white people are all evil, or that straights are all evil, or, you know, men, frequently men are all evil. It's usually just men are all evil, but anyway, sometimes you get the other two. And that is whatever. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of money. Get woke. You may not go broke, but you may not make a lot of money. I've said that before. But the weird thing is, is that the characters, you know, the heroes, the heroes in these shows are almost always super unlikable. And like, you know, the, the first idea of a theory I came up with was like, oh, well, if you have hatred in your heart for men, then are you going to make a woman who's likable? No, you're, you're just a person who's full of hatred. But I don't, anyways, that, that was my first theory. I've thrown that away. I don't think that's correct. You can make a whole... I'm sure you can make a movie about how men are evil and, and have a likable woman in it, but they just don't do it. I mean, another theory off the top of my head is that you know, these woke movies hire diverse writers, which means that you're hiring people for reasons other than writing talent, and you just get bad writers. I was thinking that wasn't it, but you know, I've convinced myself. That sounds like that's about half of the story. Let's steal man the other side. It makes me think of how, like, you know, if you got a powerful man in charge of a company, everyone's like, whatever, impressed by him. But if you got a powerful woman in charge of a company, everyone's like, she's a bitch. Yeah, and you know, that might be part of it. I mean, it doesn't explain why, if you make a gay movie, the gay, the gay men have to be insufferable. But I've mentioned before, there's a reason why women are nag nags. They're always nagging. And it's because of evolution, and it's, you know, it's so that the human race survives from one generation to the next. And my, uh, you know, shorthand thought experiment for this is, imagine the caveman days. And you got a caveman family with a man and a cave woman and, you know, some cave kids. And for some reason, there's a rock that's in the way. You know, let's say there's a rock in the way as you walk into the cave and then people are you know stubbing their toes on this rock when it's dark and now the cave woman is not strong enough to pick up this rock and move it so she has to get the caveman to move the rock and this is an evolution reason that I don't know offhand but for whatever reason people do not like to be told what to do and so the cave woman can't just be like hey caveman husband you know in a nice voice would you please move that rock? I mean, she can say that, and he's like, fuck you, I don't feel like moving a rock right now. I mean, it's probably, you know, if it was easy to move rock, she would move it. This is a heavy rock that's going to be a bitch, and so, you know, he doesn't want to move it either. No one wants to move this heavy rock. And so that's where evolution turns women into nags, is that she has to nag him, you know, mention it here, mention it there, every day for a week, for a month. And eventually he's like, you know what? I thought that I didn't want to move that rock because it was so big and heavy. But what I really want is for you to stop nagging. And so he moves the rock. 
And then what you have now is a caveman family with a caveman, a cavewoman, and two cave kids who don't have a rock in front of their cave where everyone's stubbing their toes on it in the middle of the night. And so that's the family that lives. And there was some other cave family with a rock in front of it. And the woman did not nag. And the man did not move the rock. And they all died. You know, someone's, someone stubbed their toe so bad it got infected. And then the person died. And then the rest of them died. And so, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's what we, Lord of the Rings. I talked about the new Lord of the Rings. But there's, there's a, a number of things. It's just where, like, the, the strong woman is just an insufferable written character. And so, it may be related to that stuff. I was going to say I'm going off the rails here, but actually that's a story I haven't I haven't told in a year or something. And that was kind of a fun one. I like saying the words caveman and cavewoman and cave kids. And then in the movie, apparently the, the main character's mom is played by Amanda Bierce. B-A-R-S-E. And she played the neighbor uh, Marcy on Married with Children back in the 80s and 90s. And she had a feud with Ed O'Neill, who played Al Bundy, the star of the show. And I highly recommend, you know, go go on you go find it on YouTube somewhere. They had a feud, so they had a feud, and you can find YouTube videos or interviews of them talking about the situation, kind of back and forth. I mean, they're not in the same room. I don't think they would ever allow themselves to be in the same room. They fucking hate each other. But I think, you know, Amanda Bierce, whatever. I'm just gonna call them by their characters and the name of the characters in the show. So anyways, Marcy, in real life, is deadly serious about gay stuff. I mean, just abs- like a heart attack. And then Al Bundy, in real life, is he thinks it's a joke. And after a number of years, um, she became the director of the show. I don't know if she directed every episode. She directed many of the episodes. So he's the star, but she's the director, and then, you know, now you got this, and they don't like each other. They fucking hate each other. And there's this interview with Al Bundy, Ed O'Neill, and he's like, they had a blow, they had a big argument on the set, and, and he's like, and she's blowing up, you know, she's she's puffing herself up like a rooster, just blasting him, and he's like, and she, you know, he's like, she's very, very smart. She's smarter than I am. And so she's puffing herself up and just blasting him with her intelligence and knowledge all about how she's right and he's wrong and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, I mean, I, you know, granted, I grant you, I grant you what you just said there, but there's one thing that you don't have that you don't understand. And she's like, what the fuck is that motherfucker? And he's like, if we both call the producers of this show and say that we will not work with the other person, they're going to fire you and keep me. And apparently that was the smartest thing said in that fight because he won that one. And also, so she got gay married to another woman, lesbian style, and and this is, you know, this is early 90s. It probably wasn't even legal. I mean, I support gay marriage, but anyways, back in the day, she did a lesbian wedding. And because she was a director on the show, she invited everyone involved with the show to her wedding, except for two of the people, and that was Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, and then David Faustina, which was Bud Bundy, he was the son. And I think the wedding happened on a weekend, and they get back to the show, you know, on Monday or whatever, and Ed's like, 
you know, and they're, whatever, they're making the show, she's the director, he's acting, and he's like, oh, you didn't, uh, you didn't invite me to your wedding, and you didn't invite Bud, and she's like, yeah, because if you guys would have come to the wedding, you would have laughed, and apparently she and her wife, like, they both wore tuxedos, and anyways, Ed O'Neill slash Al Bundy, he's like, if I had gone there, I would have laughed. I would have not been able to stop laughing. But so, Amanda Bierce plays the mom of the main character, and apparently she's a second grade teacher. And I think it's the B plot. You know, the A plot is two men falling in love, I guess. And then the B plot is whether or not kids should be taught the history of gay stuff in America. And I imagine the movie is trying to convince you that they should be taught that, you know, starting in second grade. I don't know. I think Chrissy Mayer is giving some quotes from the movie. So, pound my prostate. Straight gatekeepers keep us from succeeding. They have a hall of bisexuals in the museum. They have an amusement ride called the Ride of Gay Trauma. And... You get to the Obama administration, it says, You think it's good now, but what's around the corner? I think it was at Trump, he calls them the gays. He doesn't call them gays, he calls them the gays. He's like, I love the gays. And it sounds like the end. Maybe, you know, like, you know, you have to have a good ending for a movie. Well, I guess it's just the B-plot. Anyways, the end of the B-plot is that the kids do go to the museum, and they all learn all about all sorts of gay stuff. Alright, now I am going off the rails. So the reason why I made this podcast, I wasn't going to talk about this at all, um, was apparently they mentioned, and you know, I warned you earlier, you don't want to know about this, turn it off now. Turn it off right now. Turn this podcast off right now. But in any case, she mentioned something called poppers. And this is a thing that I've never heard of, but I decided to go look it up on the internet. And it's a drug, I think it's a white powder that you sniff. And according to the internet, it's made out of amyl nitrate and butyl nitrate. And it dilates your blood vessels and also acts as a muscle relaxant. And apparently gay guys take it, and the way that Chrissy Mayer described it is that it's a drug that makes your asshole bigger, wider, opens it up. So I have no idea on this, but I'm watching Grace Randolph. She's woke, but I, she's a movie reviewer. I still watch her. And, you know, and she hates white people. I mean, obviously she's white. But um, she's saying that gay white men in their 40s have a thing where they think that they should have as good a life as straight white men in their 40s. And I guess they don't have as good a life. And they're like... Whatever, that's oppression. And I don't know anything about this. I mean, you know, the one thought that I have is that, you know, people who get married, who have, you know, 20-year monogamous relationships, or, or else the partner doesn't find out, basically, it's two people paying the mortgage on one house. And so maybe gay men in their 40s are like, America's racist. Why why am I not as rich as my straight white man friend or something in his 40s? And they probably don't take into account that 
two people were paying the mortgage on the straight white man's house, and I guess the gay white man didn't keep it in his pants and have a monogamous relationship. Okay, and then Grace has a theory on the thing I was talking about earlier. And she met, mentions a couple of woke movie flops. Um, Olivia Wilde with Don't Worry Darling came out like a couple of weeks ago. And then that Wonder Woman sequel, Wonder Woman 1984, where Wonder Woman rapes a man. I talked about it previously. Right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but there's these woke movies that have been flopping. So what is Grace's theory, and I kind of like it, is that, you know, normally the studio or whoever whoever's above the people making the movie is like, your movie is shit, you need to change it. You know, I mean, to exaggerate, you got too much gay sex, maybe you should have less gay sex. It should be, you know, here, here are our notes. More humor, less gay sex. I guess for Wonder Woman, it would be like, how about instead of having barely any action, you have a lot of action in the Wonder Woman movie, and you don't rape a man. But anyways, the theory is, if you got like these diversity people making the movie, what are you going to do? You're going to tell a gay guy, hey, have less gay sex in your movie, and then the gay guy's going to go on Twitter and try and get you fired. Or you tell a woman that, you know, raping men is not okay, she's going to be like, I'm a woman, I'll tell you what's okay. I mean, I don't know how big of, how much of a part it is, but I will say that if I was an executive, I wouldn't be criticizing no gay, if I was a white executive, super rich, super powerful, I definitely would not be uh, criticizing any sort of gay people or any women or any black people or any of that shit. You know, I got a family with mouths to feed and a yacht and I'm going to retire soon. Twitter handle at anti-woke podcast and thanks for listening.